Welcome to the Volleypod, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball. With drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the Art of Coaching Volleyball, the Volleypod is your new source for coaching information. Good morning, and welcome to the Volleypod. Glad to be back with you. How are you today, Todd? Davis, back in the Volleypod Bat Cave. There's no place like this. It's uh, fun to, to get it going again. Absolutely. It is a great place to be. And today on the pod, we're going to talk about reading. Uh, this is one of my favorites. And it's actually, it, uh, it reminds me, we've had some feedback from the first six pods. And, and some of the feedback, I had a couple questions yep. about the way we put all the drills we've mentioned in earlier pods, the way we put those into practices. Yep. And we don't spend all our time in practice drilling. Right. And the idea is, hey, we have to teach a little bit. We have to teach skills. But we got to play as much as possible, and we got to find ways to to get the kids playing games with balls going over the net, and to utilize all those reading skills we're talking about. Absolutely, and and we've been talking about all these drills and all this way we teach, but it's just a fraction of what we actually do in practice, right? A lot of what we do is play, but we will emphasize those things. Exactly, right? scoring systems. Uh, you know, initiation, the way balls are put Feedback. in play. We'll, we'll yeah. talk that that those are uh, great subjects for another pod. Absolutely. And we will get into that. But yeah, we're kind of talking about teaching stuff. And today, talking about reading, which is such a big part of the game, possibly the biggest in some respects, maybe the most important thing, maybe. Yep. Before we get to it, we have one other thing, and that is our listeners. Absolutely. And listeners, if you like the pod, and if you're enjoying some of the information we're giving you make sure you like and subscribe that helps us to continue the pod we got uh, the pod all over the place apple Podcasts, spotify anchor google Podcasts. if you like it uh, give us some feedback we totally appreciate it and uh, we'll we'll listen to the feedback and uh, if you like and subscribe it helps us to continue and uh, thanks a lot to the art of coaching for uh, backing us up as well too been Great feedback so far, and let's get into reading. So Absolutely. first of all, let's talk about defining it. What is reading all about? And for me, uh, the idea of knowing what's going to happen before it happens. So uh, we've all seen teams of you know young volleyball players you know play against their coach, and the coach can defeat a team of you know beginning volleyball players one on six or one on whatever because why? That coach knows what's going to happen. That coach can anticipate what's going to happen next. Uh, because of cue recognition, there are a bunch of cues that players give off and, and uh, tell us what's going to happen. Right. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, besides knowing exactly what's going to happen, there's another way to think about it, and that is the idea of ruling out variables. Love that one. So if you're going to attack, I might not know exactly where you're going to attack, but I might know like, hey, you can't hit it hard because of where the set is and what your arm is doing at the time. So I might not know, anticipate perfectly, but I can rule out variables. And, right. and the, best, the, the, the best volleyball players are able to rule things out so they can make better predictions on what's going to happen. Yeah, I like that. And the last part of this for me is developing what we call a P-O-R. 
What's the POR? POR <laughs> is patterns of recognition. Okay. So we wanted this encyclopedia. So, you know, Karch was always known for this encyclopedia-like, you know, brain he had where he knew it was going to happen, but he had all of these patterns of recognition and uh, developing those patterns. Can we speed up the way our players learn about those patterns? So that's what reading is all about. Very cool. Very cool. All right, so let's get into it. All so, right, principles. So, yes, couple what, principles first. Let's go. Number one, it's part of every skill. Okay. There, there is a perception element with every skill. So if you're setting, hey, you got to read the pass. If you're blocking, of course, you got to read the setter and you got to read the attacker. It doesn't really matter. There's always a perception element, and we 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 can't ignore that. I think that's a good point because I think a lot of times we'll train skills in isolation. Right, it, it, without a focus on reading, and that's really doing ourselves a disservice. Yeah, they call that coupling, the idea of, hey, we have to couple the action with the perception that we can't decouple them. Great. And so there's got to be some kind of, of perception part of it. And then next is we need to teach it from day one. I love it. That is, we can't say, oh, reading is a more advanced skill. We're going to teach these skills first, and then we're going to layer reading on top of it. And we go, no. We're going to teach it from the moment we start, we get them in the gym. We're going to start with the reading. And it's, it's such a good point. I love that. Let's keep going with that because, I mean, I, I see I see so much of it, like you said, decoupled, right? So how can we get some of this stuff happening? All right, here? day one, let's talk yeah. about it. So let's get into practical application. Yeah. And day one, we talk about the old PE game, Newcomb. Okay. And Newcomb, it's actually one of the drills we'll talk about later. It's on the Art of Coaching. I love it. And it's an old throw-catch game. Hey, so you throw and you catch and you have an area that you have to cover. And it's a great game to play for beginners because they don't need any volleyball skills. And the only rules really are you can't pump fake because okay. we want you to react to what the cues are. So we want you to get faked out by a pump fake. So that's why pump fakes are illegal. Okay. Uh, other than that, hey, you throw and you catch. Whoever loses goes out. Whoever wins keeps going. And we start with throw catch. And then we go to catch, self toss and set. And they have to set where they're facing. And then uh, the third component or the, the third progression in Newcomb is one contact. So you have one contact. I love it. And you start reading platform angles of tilt with platform. How is the ball bouncing off the platform? Uh, so they can do that on day one. Super easy. And Play I, Newcomb. I love to do that one. And I it, it's so fun, too. Like, the kids love it, right? Oh, it's fun. It's super fun. And they get to run around. They can be agile. And, and they're not limited by their, their lack of volleyball skills. The best athletes are good. And they like it because yes. they run. Yes. You get to run and you get to be athletic. I love so that we start right off with, with that. That's really cool. Um, yeah, and it's, it's fun stuff. The, uh, the second part is if we do something as simple as day one, let's say paired passing. Okay. Or let's say even we, let's say we're not even ready to pair pass. I have one person catching and one person passing. But if you're my partner and you're passing and I'm catching, hey, I have to read where your pass is going to go. And if you're a beginner, it's probably not going to go to me a lot. But my job is to read and not let the ball bounce and okay. treating that ball early on as a grenade and saying, hey, the ball hits the ground, it's blowing up. So we got to go get it. And like that, that means that, hey, if I'm tossing you the ball and you're passing it, depending on what your body posture looks like, 
we start picking up these cues and we can talk about some of those cues. Let's say that you're jammed and your shoulders go back then the ball is going to go straight up and I have to run at you to get that ball that goes straight up. I like it. Let's say you're running full speed toward me. I don't want to stand there. I want to move back because I know, hey, that ball is going to be shot probably over my head. And then, you know, left, right. What does the angle look like? And teaching players about those cues and how to respond. I love it. And are you talking with them about what to look for and where to look? Exactly. We have to talk about the, the biggest one is, you know, I, I think there's the old adage in sports, you know, when you were in Little League, what was the first thing they used to tell you in Little League when I, you know, a hundred years ago when I was playing, the first thing that they say is keep your eye on the ball, the ball, of course, right. keep your eye on the ball. But when you read, you got to take your eye off the ball. The ball Absolutely. isn't telling you where it's going. Right. The person who's going to play it, you got to pick up those cues. And so you start talking about those cues. So, hey, players jam, shoulders go back, ball's going to go straight up. It's not going to go out. Like uh, you know, arms are swinging wildly. The ball is going to be high. Arms are stationary, not moving. The ball is not going to bounce very high if, it, if it's going slowly to the to, to the player. So all of these little things we can start start adding. And, and a couple specifics with platform is we talk about angle of elevation. That is how high the platform is. How high are the hands? If the hands are super, if the hands are super high, if they're higher than the shoulders, then the ball is going to go backwards. If it's you know even with the shoulders on contact, it's going to straight go straight up. up. If the hands are way down, the ball is going to be shot out low. We call that angle of elevation. Okay. The angle of deflection is the tilt. Okay. And so then we can say, hey, which way is the ball going to go, depending on which way the platform is tilting? So teaching those cues and getting their eye off the ball and onto the platform uh, is one of the things we're looking at. I like that. Uh, if I give real quick, one of the ways I heard a coach frame it is getting their eyes on the high information areas. Exactly. Right. Yeah, because we don't. The interesting thing about that is the experts actually are taking in. They're looking at fewer cues, but they're choosing the right cues. The beginner is overwhelmed because there there's so much stuff going on. They're right. overwhelmed. The expert says, no, we're looking at which way are the shoulders tilted and how is that ball going to deflect off the platform? Right. Awesome. Super good stuff. Cool. Good stuff. Uh, from Newcomb, paired passing, pepper. Okay. okay. Once again, if you people start attacking the ball and beginners, when you start attacking in pepper, that's when the ball goes out of play because they don't have control. But can they start to figure out, okay, what kind of mistakes are happening and where might this ball go? And we can learn about the idea of alignment. Where is the ball in mm -hmm. relation to the attacker's shoulder? in right. front, behind, right, or left. And we can start looking at that in simple things like pepper. And even before pepper, just toss and hit and catch maybe. Right. And picking up that, hey, can you predict where it's going to go? That's awesome. Love of course, we've got to talk about serving and passing because for beginners, those are the key skills. So if we're talking about a passer and what we talk about, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm not even in a passing, I'm in a beginner's ace prevention. Yeah. So if we're in ace prevention, I have to read the server. What am I looking at? Well, alignment is one of the things I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. And that's going to help me read where the serve might be going. Uh, I might be looking at the speed of the arm. Mm -hmm. 
There might even be a sound element with contact. I can hear the miscontact maybe and know it's not going to be served hard because it bounced off the fingers and it has backspin on it or something. Uh, so we look at those things as far as reading a server. If I could, I think that's so under appreciated the reading of the server, right? I think we all talk about the skill of executing the pass, but especially when they're younger, how often do they actually get to the ball, you know, especially in that position to be able to, you know, execute a pass and like with great form or whatever, Yep. you know, so first they got to get to the ball. So reading so, so critical. We have a, a drill that we're going to get to later. One of John Dunning's drill, which actually decouples, but has us focusing just on the perception element. I love that because we always do it without the perception element. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll get into that drill a little later. The other part with the passers that I really like, the, the feedback loop that I like with, with all levels, is when the ball goes in the net. That tells us a lot. So when the server serves the ball in the net, obviously at low levels, the ball serves in the net more often. So there's more of an opportunity to coach. And do the passers get steps off behind the line of the ball? And so if the server serves in the net, it's a great time to give passers feedback because they didn't make an error, but right. did they move to the line of the ball? Uh, and are they moving in that first 30 feet? Because they have that time from the serving line to the net, that's 30 feet. Right. And what have they done in that 30 feet? Hopefully they've called the ball and they've moved their butt behind it. Or I like it. Those like are things it. I like. And I like because as, like you said, they didn't make an error, right? So it's actually a chance to reinforce some, some good stuff that we want them to do. I love that. That's a great one. You know, reading, reading as well. Yep. And then, of course, we get to the more traditional reading, which is reading the attacker. Okay. And so I have a progression here. Okay. And there's one reading situation where you're always right. Okay. So you can never misread this. Okay. I think I know where which, you're What going. is it? It's when the ball is set past the pin. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Bingo. Okay. okay. Yes. So when the ball is outside the antenna, right. we know that the ball has to pass inside the antenna. Yes. And it can't be, oh, well, that hitter, it, 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 we misread it. They looked like they were going to do this, but they didn't. Because a lot of times you can make the right read, but the hitter just whiffs it or something. And right. The ball goes sideways. <laughs> right. And, but especially early on, because hitters are going to be making mistakes. But if the ball is set wide of the antenna, it has to go inside. And if that, if that line defender doesn't move inside the court, we know that line defender isn't reading. So for me, that's the first thing we teach is outside okay. the antenna because we go, hey, the ball has to travel here. It's you're right every time. So we'll put balls in play and we'll throw them, you know, outside the antenna and have somebody hit it and we'll watch the defense move and we'll start our rallies like that. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Beginning. So outside the antenna. Okay. The second one for beginners that I think is the most uh, most common that we do is tight set. What happens on a tight set? Tip. Tip. Tight set tip. Tight set tip. So okay. that's number two. The third one is maybe not as obvious as the first two. Okay. And most hitters, especially when they're beginners, are they early or late? They're mostly early. They're early. And if they're early, they're descending. Right. And if they're descending, are they going to hit the ball hard? No. No. So early descending hitter, off-speed fluff in the middle of the court. Okay. I have not worked with that one very much 
That's a cool one. That's my favorite. I, we don't get beat by fluff on early hitters. I like that. I like Never that get beat by fluff on an early hitter. Okay. If an early hitter hits the ball and she shamrocks a ball into a corner with heat on it, maybe, hey, we say, hey, that's a hitter that's a little different than the norm. But the norm of beginning attackers, they're early, they're descending, they're going to miss hit it. We don't want those, oh, bad luck, she missed. No, we see the cue, early descending hitter, get the fluff. Uh, love it. Okay, that's awesome. Yep. And then uh, the last one we'll do is we'll kind of put those together in a, in a hitter versus digger. So okay. for beginners, we might even start them with a hey, self-toss down ball, and you can do one of two things. You can hit it or tip it. And then you'll have a line of defenders, either one or two defenders on the court. They have to catch the ball. As soon as they catch 15, hitters become diggers, diggers become. And once again, they can catch in the beginning. They can dig it high and catch it, however you do it. But there's always an element of reading the attack. If we have an attacker, we want a defender reading the attacker. Right. And we'll say, hey, you have two choices. You can hit angle or hit line. You can hit or tip. And then maybe you go three. You can hit line, hit angle, tip. Everybody in line on the defender's side, they are verbalizing what they're doing. I love that. Okay. And you brought up a, a, a topic that I wanted to get into just a little bit, this idea of A-B testing, if you will. Like, there's so many things that could happen, right? Like you said, fluff, line, tip, angle, all this stuff. But instead of saying you have all this stuff you say you have two things to concern yourself with and the other stuff we'll, we're going to go for and we're going to make hard moves for but we're going to anticipate and make sure we can read a or b right limiting what they see so that they can see the right things right well that once again we talked about that idea of being overwhelmed when you start there's so much stuff that can happen and just saying, hey, we're asking our hitters to, hey, tip it or hit it. Right. And, and so I call it, I call it rip or tip. Oh, right. And yep. so, and so they go up and they can either rip or tip. And, right. and uh, they're, the, the digger is going to deepen if it's going to be a rip and they're going to come up if yep. it's going to be a tip. And we should see that action before the hitter does it. Yep. It's cool. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, and then really the, the rest is just a bunch of little, uh, uh, you know, little bits and pieces for every skill. And we talked about setters, reading passers. Uh, obviously, if you're uh, a defender reading the setter dump, you talked about your team in practice today and they got a bunch of practice reading the setter dump today because that was one of the little constraints you were using in practice today. Okay. Uh, obviously, setter set direction. Is the setter setting forward or backwards when you start to have a middle blocker out there? And then blockers reading attackers. And I know we talked about this and I know you've been experimenting with that. That was a Travis Hudson thing we talked about. Has that worked for you? We talked about blockers calling line or angle. That's been super helpful. Super helpful. Tell a little bit about it. Because okay. So this one was really cool. And basically it's a very simple idea, but not a lot of people do it surprisingly. And basically all it is, is we want the blockers to call where they believe the attacker is going to hit. I mean, it's really simple, but mostly they don't say anything they say ready up right yep. and, and, and something like that now we're saying ready ready angle 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 right ready line 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 and it's really helping them to anticipate and get ahead of the play cool right i, I like, like it a lot I, I know we talked about it. i haven't tried it because i haven't had a team yet we're just going to get in the gym here next month so uh I, it, it's good you've it's, been able to it's a good one for sure
Cool. Well, that's the uh, that's the the reading uh, primer. That's the kind of level one. I so, think we can get into a bunch of more advanced stuff later. So I got but, one thing though. Okay. So the great debate. Okay. This might be for later. Okay. okay. But reading, right? Okay. They see it. Should they be stopped or they, should they be in motion? This is the classic, you know, debate. You know, should diggers be stopped? Yeah, my feeling is uh, there are times uh, to be stopped and there and it's OK to be moving forward when we read tips and you see that you can go. OK, and go get it. Go get it. You cool. know, it's coming. Go get yeah. it. Uh, and once again, if if the, if the, you know, hitter is showing short tip and tips deep, that ball's going to be in the air longer. We should have somebody behind that short defender to pick that up so that. Uh, that ball's coming off speed. You don't have to get everything, but we have to get the ball that hits the fastest. And that's that a good lift tip. When you see it, you got to go. Right. You, if you stopped and you let it hit, it's too good. Right. And, and so. I think you're hitting on something that I think is key. It's not one or the other, right? It's not be stopped or be moving. Right. It's there's a time for it. Right. And again, it's pattern recognition. Yep. Yeah. I like it. Very cool. So that's that's a that's a very great uh, introduction to reading. That's yeah, a good, lot to def- good start. Okay. Now we have to move to a scenario. A what scenario. do we have today in your scenario? What's okay, it? so today we're talking about in-game serving nerves. Oh, oh, you know, and I think we'd like to say that we don't have this affect our teams, but I think I mean we've both had some great teams and. I think it affects. Is it bad when parents are yelling, just get it in, just get it in. <laughs> it's not the best. It's not the best. Um, so we're going to talk about that. And um, I don't know, here's a little story that goes along with it. So recently my team this year, just a couple weeks ago, we won the Liberty division qualifier at the Northeast, Northeastern qualifier for, and we got our bid in the Liberty and it was awesome. But we totally did it despite our serving. We were serving five to six errors a game, which is a lot. You yep. know, our goal is about three. I mean, we, we're trying not to, we're trying to serve tough and in, but we understand there's going to be a percentage of miss, right? And so we were generally we feel like we can do great with three. But we were how many at, serves do you have per set? So percentage wise, do you know what that percentage yeah. looks like? What what percentage we're serving in as yep. a team? So we're around eighty percent, okay, which is quite a bit below our target. You know, what's your target? Our target is ninety percent. That's yeah, mine too. You mine know? too, and we've been around eighty seven, eighty eight is usually where we end up. And we're at eighty, and we got some servers down at seventy five and seventy. Yeah, that's 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 low. And we got some servers that are rescuing us and they're at like 95 and which is awesome so they're like our first couple servers so we're doing what we can but sorry to interrupt you there what well, were you well, you're because you were telling the story so well we, I'm got, just, we I, got it way into, into some stat stuff yeah but i guess the, the only reason i bring that up is basically you know we won but we were missing a ton of serves and i think a lot of it was nerves because i know we I've seen us do much better in practice. Every time they go back, they have that qualifying big backpack of qualifying that they're carrying around with with serving. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I I think that's something for us to address. I want to get into some of your thoughts, but I'll, I'll talk about what I saw real quick. What I saw was, first of all, reverting to bad habits. I mean, or, or just old habits, let's put it like that. So, you know, maybe they go back to, you know, 
just get it in, right? And the, at the level we're playing at, that it doesn't get it done, right? We can't just get it in and expect to win against the teams we're playing because they can, you know, they can score. Yep. And so we need to be able to serve tough and in, and that's obviously the goal. But, you know, when we revert to old habits, that tells me that that skill is obviously not fully trained, right? So old habits, like, give me an example. So old habits, like maybe tossing a little bit higher, you know, slowing their arm down, you know, um, maybe going into bigger areas of the court so that they don't miss, you know, where that may not be the advantage, you know. So um, habits like that, where it's kind of like they go back to their comfort zone, right? Um, I also saw sort of emotional response to errors, right? And so getting really upset on um, missing a serve, you know, emotionally, um, almost crying and stuff like this, you know, and obviously that's not a great response, especially in the moment. I get that there's the heat of competition, but I definitely saw that. And then serving differently in different situations. So, you know, it's close. The game is tight. I'm going to serve easier i'm going to serve cross i'm going to you know because there's more court do you what's your philosophy because there's the you know you hear uh, what sunderland always talks about what the seven sins of serving right right do you believe in that i do not I, and i'm i'm probably let's, let's re we should probably review what those Tell, are would so, you mind just go, yeah so I, I once again i think it's uh you know to start the game to end the game any game point you have uh after a timeout uh the, right. there's, there's a there's, couple, there's other, a couple others, yeah. right I, and once again we try not to uh get into those seven sins that hey you serve tough sometimes you're going to make errors exactly but you don't want to make too many errors because <laughs> hey so how do you balance that so well, yeah. what have you done coaching wise to what are you doing with it how, well, how, so what i did was first of all i ignored okay so uh, if if the intention was in the right place, meaning they're doing their serve, they're trying to serve tough, it looks like they're engaged, and the intention is the right place. A lot of times I would ignore misserves, which baffles the parents. Right. <laughs> because they want me to respond and, you know, right. have some sort of, okay, we got to do better, and, you know, whatever. <laughs> and of course, we got to do better. Uh, but I, I basically ignore misserves that are done with strong intention. Um, because I think those are good tries, and I want them to continue on. I I agree. I, I think rubbing in mistakes of misserve doesn't help. Right. <laughs> it's hard to ignore it, though. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> right. I, wearing the mask, training. Yeah. Wearing, wearing the mask for COVID was very helpful for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but so I would ignore it. But it was also hard. So, but I've I've kind of trained myself to take a deep breath, and they know that deep breath. <laughs> Anyways, um, I realized that their self-talk is real. And by that, I mean, like, I, I absolutely appreciate the importance of their self-talk. If they're talking to themselves poorly, and they do, um, they'll beat themselves up if after a misserve, it is a real impact on their serving, right? So one thing I did is just realize the impact of that and try to keep their self-talk in the positive. Okay, give me an example of what you're looking at for positive self-talk. So for positive self-talk, it would be something to the effect of I it, something forward thinking. So I can make it better. Like the, I'll get the next one. I can make an adjustment, something, something to that effect. Not looking back like, oh, that was a terrible serve. They're going to mess up. They're going to make bad serves, you know, and, and the nerves may even hit them and they'll make a terrible serve, you know, but that doesn't mean the next one's going to be bad. Right. So kind of trying to keep that self-talking in the positive and in the, 
forward thinking. Yeah, that framing is interesting. I, I was uh, listening to a basketball pod and they were talking about this uh, shooter who was at the free throw line. And she was saying, yeah, every time I miss, it's great because I know I shoot 90, so I'm not gonna miss another one right. for, it's gonna be a long time before I miss another I love one, right? That. So it's just, how are you framing? I'm just like, oh no, I'm on, it's not that I'm on a bad streak. It says, oh, there's the one aberration. There's the one miss. My next ones are gonna be great. Yes, and, and that kind of is one of the, uh, the other things I had on my list here about what I did. I talked about like two to 5% corre uh, corrections. So I would say, oh, that's like a 2% correction. So you don't need to do anything big right now. I think they, they miss sometimes and they get caught up thinking about, oh, I missed, you know, and sometimes it's a, it's a good serve and we just missed. And so I'm saying, Hey, that's a 2% correction. That's a 5% correction at the most. Like, you know how to serve. We don't need to change much. Let's just do our thing. I got one thing for you. Tell me, please. I think it's a, uh, was it a, tr I think it was a, Trinzi, I got it from Trinzi, and we're going to talk about it a little later, I think. But uh, it is also uh, Jamie Morrison. It's Jamie Morrison. Okay. And that is serving like it's volume on your old stereo that you're turning up and down. Okay. So if you think your toughest serve when you go back and the volume you're hitting, hey, your serve that goes in 90% of the time, that's a low trajectory floater, the volume's at an eight or nine. Okay. Okay, you're not hitting as hard as you can. You're not hitting a 10. Right. But you're hitting at an eight or a nine for a, a good solid floater. Yeah, it makes it easy to, you know, and it's different, might be different for every kid, but it, at, least, at least it gives a calibration. Right. So the kids have something they can, uh, you know, lean on when they get a little tense. Absolutely. So you know what I did not do out there when they were missing a bunch of serves? I, I did not freak out, even though I may have wanted to. <laughs> um, I just would take a deep breath. And I was saying, like, that wearing the masks during COVID <laughs> helped with that, you know. But I'm kind of kidding. But, uh, you know, I think it's important for the coach to set the tone, right? Yep. If, if I freak out, they're going to freak out. Yep. Uh, I also did not talk about it too much. It's almost like, you know, the, the pink elephant kind of deal. Yep. No, how many times? How many times have I told you that you're serving? Yeah, you weren't going up, right? And they know. I mean, you know, they they know. want to serve in. It's right. not like they're trying not to serve in. Right, absolutely. And then, and then I did not let us get negative. So they would come out and they would start to get a little down on themselves. And you know, sometimes we'd have to reframe. I did. I just did not let that happen. Um, and then I did not sub them out after missing. I think I've seen that before. I don't see it too often, to be honest. But, you know, if a kid is missing their serve, it's they're going to come out later and maybe not right after so that I can address it, you know, and maybe make a little correction. But I don't sub them out after missing. So that's what I did. We still missed five or six serves a game. What do you got for me? Well, I think the one thing is we talk about a serving routine, right? And so kids might have a physical routine. They might bounce the ball. They might get whatever they do. But what is their mental routine? And is there a deep breath in there? And that's something that I think from uh, sports science, they say that that's something that you watch Nebraska. I know John Cook is into that. Hey, deep breath for all the servers. And then the focus on external cues is like getting out of what your body parts are doing. Like I'm going to do this with my hand or this with my foot or this and get into external cues such as, hey, there's the spot on the net. The ball is going to pass a foot over that spot. I'm going to look at that spot see the line, make the ball hit that line. 
I love that. And so getting into that routine and having it be a mental routine as, as far as, as well as physical. Love that. I love that. So I still got a lot to learn there, but I think that is a scenario that a lot of coaches have experienced. We're all experimenting with it because everybody wants to hit a couple more serves in and, and but you got to serve tough. I mean, Hey, these offenses are getting better and better. Absolutely. You can't, you know, the parents might say, just get it in. But then, you know, when their kids gets a concussion, you know, what are they saying then? <laughs> got to serve tough. <laughs> oh, man, I don't, I'm not laughing at concussions. <laughs> no, but I, I know, I hear you. So awesome stuff. So let's talk, let's go back to these videos. We got some the videos. videos from yeah, the I have four of them today. Okay. Four of them for reading. The first one we talked about, and that's Newcomb. Yep. And that's just a little throw catch game. And it has four progressions of throw catch, actually three progressions, throw catch, and then catch toss set, and then one contact. Okay. So easy, easy little game. So you see that the second one is uh, from Ben Josephson, who just is a, is a men's Canadian coach. And he just got the national team job up in Canada. And he takes reading and divides it into three components. Look, see, decide. Okay. So just because your eyes are looking in the right spot doesn't mean you're really seeing or perceiving those things. So can you show that you're perceiving and then make the correct decision? So the look, see, decide. So I really like the way he he uh, takes reading and breaks it down. Absolutely. The third one is John Dunning. And John has more great stuff on reading than anybody. He's and the he, best. He's, he's all over art of coaching with a bunch of great reading stuff. And this is a simple one. Uh, two minutes and it's blind serving. So they have, let's say three groups, a serving group, you have a reading group and you have a passing group. And the reading group is about 10 feet in front of the server, looking at the server and blindly calling short or deep. And the server is either serving short or deep. So cool. And then you have those readers who are just looking for those cues and saying, can they be correct and say, hey, I know from what I see that the ball is going short or deep. You do the same thing for, you know, right or left right. or, you know, area five or area one or however you want to do that. Uh, so that's a great one. And then the last one is Diane Flick Williams. She's at Western Washington and she has a more classical reading of the attacker. Okay. She divides it into what the attacking arm looks like. And her the three choices are back. If the arm is back, the ball is going to be struck hard. Okay. If the arm is already bent and you can see that elbow bend in front, then it's going to be a roll shot. Okay. Or if the arm is straight, then it's going to be some kind of tip. So cool. So back, bent, straight. I love it. It's taking a bunch of the randomness that could be in reading and giving it some scenarios and some names and breaking it down to where it's much more manageable. Yeah. You have a model. Yeah, okay. Model. I love a model it. Do it. All right. How about our resource? What's your resource for the week? Okay. So the resource for the week is 11 rings, the soul of success by Phil Jackson, the famous basketball coach. Zen master Phil Jackson, Chicago Bulls, LA Lakers played for the Knicks. He's awesome. This book is wonderful. It's not exactly a volleyball book, but this has served me very well as volleyball coach. It's a coaching coach. book. It's coaching about coaching, book. yeah. Yeah, and it goes through all his championships that he was involved in and all the 11, 11 rings he got, even as a player. But what I really like about it is it's the behind-the-scenes look at all the nuances and all the millions of different choices we have to make as a coach and how you handle stuff. And, uh, like, for example, he goes into handling big personalities, and here's a quote from the book on how he handled um, Michael Jordan, how he got Michael Jordan to kind of come on board. He says, I didn't dictate to him what I wanted. I simply pushed him to think about the problem in a different way. 
mostly by asking him questions about the impact that this or that strategy might have on the team. How do you think Scotty or Horace would feel about that if you did this? I would say I treated him like a partner and slowly he began to shift his way of thinking. Yeah, that was tough with Michael because he was he wanted to do all himself. Absolutely. And I just love this idea of bringing them alongside of you as a partner. Yeah. Right. I love it. And then the, the other great takeaway I had from this book is leveling up your tribe. Right. He's very much this Native American influences. And he talks about leveling up your tribe. And I'll go into levels three, four and five just really quick. He says level three is this idea of I'm great and you're not. Right. Very individualistic okay. approach. Right. Stage four is we are great and they're not. So group dynamic, we're great and they're not. And then stage five is this idealized version of the team where it's just life is great, right? We're just playing volleyball for the joy of the game itself, right? And that's stage five, and we all strive to be stage five. And if we're lucky enough to have a team that reaches that level, we've we felt it, and it's a really great feeling. Right? That's fun stuff. Can't beat that. Super fun. Cool and, resource. Uh, Back flash from the past. Absolutely. 11 rings. I like it. 11 rings. Please check it out. You can get it at any bookstore or online, Amazon. Um, I just want to say, if you like the pod, be sure to like and subscribe. We had another great pod today. Thank you so much for listening. Fun, Davis. Thank you. Absolutely. And we will see you on the next one. Bye-bye.